This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Sunday morning at Living Faith. We are virtual again. I thought that we had escaped this, but for the next couple of weeks, we're going to need to do it again. Um, I hate virtual because I miss seeing all of your smiling faces all over. And so it's never the same. It's quite cold. It's quite impersonal. And um, thank you for joining us. I've got a really exciting morning for us because we're going to do something a little bit different to what we've done before. I know that last week I spoke about the fact that I wanted to talk about um, hearing the voice of God. It's, it's, it's something that I do want to do, but I'm going to wait until we've finished with this virtual stuff because I really feel that it is something that I would like to deliver to us in person. And so I'm not going to do it this week or next week, but I will do it on the 29th, I think is the date. So we'll get back to normalcy on the 29th. And I'm excited about that because I think it starts off something which is so in line with where we are and where we're moving to, defining intimacy. And one of the key aspects of intimacy is our ability to be able to connect with God and to be able to hear his voice and allow for his input and influence into our lives. This COVID thing has been a, an interesting chapter for everyone. And I think as Christians, what we always do is we're always navigating our reality in the context of the truth that's established on the inside of us. Mm. And so as a ministry, we're at a place where when we have a look at realities like this, it's important that we never get swayed and we never get moved from our spiritual foundation that establishes who we are. At the same time, God gives us the importance of being prudent and wise in the way that we handle situations. Everybody is running their own race and people are at different places in their spiritual journey and in their faith development. It's just not responsible for us to create an environment that is open to everybody coming in and mm-hmm. potentially it's something that exposes people to a virus that really uh, is not appropriate. So I think in the interest of being responsible, we're not deviating in any way from our spiritual foundation and what we believe in. Mm-hmm. We're still thoroughly grounded in Christ in us, the hope of glory, Christ in us, the healer, Christ in us, the one that introduces us and keeps us established in divine health. We live from that place, but we exercise prudence and wisdom in the way that we manage situations. Just before we get into this morning, I'm going to hand over to Heather. Uh, She's going to do the offering for us, and then we'll be right back with you. Good morning, everybody. I just wanted to share a bit with offering and what God had on my heart this morning. And I immediately got a picture of Jesus with the five loaves and the two fish, and I just kind of started meditating on that. And um, I was thinking about how he had this little amount to feed 5,000 people, and yet he didn't get disconnected from the fact that a miracle could happen. And so I went to the Greek in that scripture. And so it's Mark chapter six, verse 41. And in the, in the word, it says, he took the five loaves and two fish and he looked up to heaven and he blessed them. And so I looked up that phrase, looked up to heaven. And when it says he looked up, it actually means to receive sight. And I thought that was so interesting because in the natural He could have been discouraged because they had 5,000 people to feed and all he had was this tiny amount of food that may have only fed in the natural 
one to two families. And so the first thing that he did is he got his sight on God and he got God's vision and he received not natural sight, but he took supernatural sight and he received that. And when he got the vision that it's really not five loaves and two fish that we're dealing with here, we're dealing with something that's going to be a supernatural miracle. And it's not the amount that he had in his hand. It's the fact that he had something in his hand that God could work with. That is so cool. So he looked up to heaven, first of all, and he got God's vision for this. And then it says, and he blessed them. And in that word bless, it actually means to celebrate with praises. So he, even though in the natural way, this tiny amount, he celebrated what he did have, And he got God's vision that this is actually not just five loaves and two fish, that this is capable of a whole lot more than what it looks like. And then also that word blessed means to empower, to prosper. So when he blessed it, he, and he, he thanked God and he was gracious to God and he celebrated for what he had in his hand. And in that, it enabled him to bless it and say, this is going to prosper in the matter for which it is sent. And the matter that it was sent was to feed 5,000 people. And we know the end result of that miracle was that it did. In fact, it fed more because they had extra left over. And so I just want to encourage you today that whatever your tithe and offering is, it's not the amount that don't look at what it is. It's like, oh, this looks like so small, or maybe it looks huge. Whatever it looks like in the natural, get your sight, look up to heaven, receive heaven's God's supernatural sight. What he sees, receive that, bless your offering, and it will prosper in the matter for which God has sent it. And it will be far more than what is in your hand because it's all about supernatural increase in the kingdom of God. So Father, I thank you right now for every offering that's given. We just praise you and thank you, Father, that it goes far beyond what we can see in the natural, but we know when we give it to you and a heart that is just submitted to you and just says, you take this God and you use it, that it goes far beyond blessings for this family at Living Faith and blessings for ourselves. And I just wanna remind you guys, if you're giving, then please know that you can go on our website, livingbyfaith.com. In the top right corner, there's a, there's a uh, link that says give. So you can give on that or you can text to give as well. And then if you want to continue to write checks, we'll take checks too. So you can go find our address on the front page of our website and just put that in the mail uh, because our offices are closed right now. All right, you guys have a really, really blessed week. Morning, I want to do something a little different to what we've done before. I'm never usually a person who's very comfortable doing panels and things like that because, I don't know, maybe I've just got too much to say for myself. But anyway. <laughs> so we're going to do something a little bit different this morning, and I've asked Pastor Kathy to come and join me. And what I want to do is springboard off where we've been and just hold an interactive session between the two of us. We spoke last week about the fact that God wants to do something on the inside of us. Yeah. There are a couple of things that I I want to just encapsulate about that. Number one is this. It's so easy to default to formula. How do I just take the word and get the word in me? And I think it's really important for us to always remain focused on the truth that the written word is always introducing us to the living word. When we talk about the living word, when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, when we're talking about the things of God, we're talking about the person of God. 
This is not mm. just some nebulous concept. This is, it's the person yeah. of the Holy Spirit who wants to have relationship with us. And in that context, it's very important that we don't substitute relationship for formula. Mm-hmm. It's how do I get to know you? How do I understand who you are? And although the written word gives me a broad idea as to what you're all about, it's really when I get to understand who you are that it becomes meaningful in my life. My kids love me because they know that I love them. But knowing that daddy loves me is a concept that really defines their relationship between us. Mm. But that love has expressions. When I touch them, when I hold them, when I speak words of encouragement into their lives, Mm. when they come to me and they sit and say, Dad, this is happening. This is a challenge. This is where I am. What do I do? And I'm able to make intervention and I'm able to put something into their life that equips them to be able to deal with that situation. Mm. When I spoil them just because they're my children, Every day they, should, they are encountering realities of what it means to be my child. They are encountering what it means to live out of the context of daddy loves me. Yeah. It's personal. It's intimate. That's what the word is designed to do. Introduce us to that which is personable and that which is intimate. We spoke over the last week about the fact that God is wanting to establish something on the inside of us that is based out of relationship with him and the importance that relationship and intimacy plays in getting that established on the inside of me. Mm. And that idea is followed through very much because if you continue with Mark chapter 4 and you get down to verse 20, it speaks about these are those who are good soil where they receive the word and they produce fruit. Fruit is an interesting word because if you have a look at it in the original Greek, it comes up as a, um, a word picture, which is carpus. And what it means is it's the outward manifestation of the inward character of God. It's the outward manifestation of the inward character of God. When he says to be good soil is to bear the fruit of what's established on the inside of you, what he's really saying to us is when you and I come into relationship and you allow to give redefinition and introduce you to a new reality that's defined as a result of our relationship, what I'm looking for you to do is to live from that place. And when we live from that place, what you're going to do is you are going to manifest out of your life the reality that's established on the inside of you, which is the character and the nature of who he is. What are your thoughts, Kat? Yeah, I like that because when I was looking at um, Mark chapter 4, good ground actually is speaking of people whose hearts are open. Mm. And so I love where you painted the picture with your children. Their hearts are open. They trust you. And so their hearts are open. So even the way that you interrelate with them puts seed in the ground. And I think that's one of the things if in the church setting, if as born-again believers we can realize It's not just get the word in my brain so that I can recall it, but have it in my entire interior. Mm. Um, I was, I was talking to God the other night, just woke up in the middle of the night and as we do sometimes and kind of just had a chat regarding imagining. And the picture that he gave me was when I imagine, I let an image come in. And I think if we will let ourselves imagine what will the truths of God look like if we let them live inside of us, because obviously they're not going to look like we might think religiously they would look. Mm. Just like you're sowing your life into your children. Their hearts are open 
And so you're sowing seed into their lives. How they live out of what you've sown into their lives is how the fruit of their life will then go to other people. So your love goes to those that are yours, Mm. but then it comes out of them to go to other people to have expectation. Mm. And so when I found that piece where the good ground is just having an open heart, I mean, even if you're watching or listening to us today, this conversation, there's a good ground even between us as friends, as spiritual relatives. We've allowed, we'd have had our hearts open to one another. And so there's a trust and, and even for you to do something new, like do a chat. I love that you said, maybe you just have too much to say. Well, don't we both? I mean, we're both mouths in this house. But when you open your heart, then new things New imaging happens that allows further things to happen. That's why it's exciting here at Living Faith. If we just open our hearts to God and to one another, all of these new expressions, even at a time when, okay, so we've had to close for two weeks for all of our safety. And yet here we are with new expressions. God says, I'm not stopping just because you had to do this. Our hearts are open. So we say, okay, Father, how do you want us to speak to our family? So that's what I love about Mark 4. If we let the images inside get outside the bounds of our, what we've thought spiritually, mm, mm. it would, it, whatever the it is, would look like. Yeah. That's the beauty yes. of good ground. You know, you raise an important point because I think that um, one of the things which I, I didn't understand for a very long time, um, this is also confession time. Okay. But Galatians 5, 6 speaks about faith workers by love. Yeah. And I didn't understand the relationship mm-hmm. between those two things. Um, and yet, the more I've delved into it, I, I, I really can see the significance and why they're inextricably related to one yeah. another. The fact of the matter is, unless you have love and unless you are grounded and rooted in a love relationship with somebody, you're not at that place where you allow the things of that person or you trust the things of that person to define who you are. Love basically becomes the foundation to trust. We spoke a couple of weeks ago about the fact that the Holy Spirit wants to do something on the inside of us. And the work Mm -hmm. that he's going to do is he's going to introduce us to the living word and In that context, part of the role of the Holy Spirit is to persuade us of the value or the life that's in that word. And that's so interesting for me because when you talk about persuasion, persuasion Mm -hmm. is not something which is functional in nature. Mm -hmm. Persuasion is very grounded and rooted in intimacy Mm -hmm. and in relationship. Mm -hmm. So the ability to be able to move forward with God is grounded and rooted in that context of intimacy and relationship. And unless I have that love relationship, unless I'm at that place of intimacy, which is experienced through with him when we spend time talking to him in in prayer, uh, when we worship him, um, in in meditation, every single part of every single day is an opportunity to engage him at some level. Mm Mm-hmm. But at that, because I'm building relationship, I'm really fertilizing a place right. in my own life right. for, that new re- re- for that new reality to get established yeah. and yeah. take root in who I am. It's being redefined right. as a result of intimacy with him. Yeah. I love that you use the word persuasion, that that involves um, relationship because persuasion is a proving. It proves things. You know, if in a court case... Um, a lawyer is going to persuade the jury, 
he has a case that he presents. Mm-hmm. And in intimate relationship, God has a case for love right. that he wants to present to us. And if we can understand whether we're in the right or in the wrong, he still comes after us, mm-hmm. pursuing us in order to persuade us. Mm-hmm. I can find myself in a crazy place. I always you know, say this in the School of Word and Worship, that we all get crazy thinking, crazy thoughts, thought that's separate from what God would want me to think. Or even in a relationship with you, maybe I would have a thought, well, what does Gav think about this? But I would come to you and we would talk and you would be able to, with interaction, persuade me, pr- prove to me of how we can walk together in this thing. And I think that's, that's the power if we can realize that everything God does in our lives, if our hearts are open. Right open to his word first mm. because that's kind of like the door mm. that i mean jesus said i am the way mm. and and he was there was a picture painted in scripture that he's the gate he's mm. the gateway mm. coming into relationship with him is the gateway to this vast place of understanding mm. and being persuaded having it proved to us that god cares i think that's a place even that the church is at right now that right. if we will let him prove to us that he loves us because you said faith and we know that it's the scripture faith working through love i grew up in a denomination that it was basically if you if you really have faith in god you will love other people and it kind of dismissed the interaction this way with god right. directly to him and yet now i'm understanding that oh, wow, if I really know that I'm loved by God, I'm going to trust him. And then when the faith is working between he and I, faith is going to express itself outward. It's, it's like an apple tree doesn't just grow up toward the sun. The branches go out. Mm. They, they go out and then you have massive amounts of apples all filled with seed. Mm. And so that's why even I got excited thinking about us talking about this because Gavin and I have these kind of discussions about the word. Because what good is the word in a book that we carry around and just live by rules and laws? That's not what God intended. He intended to persuade us. He wanted us to know him right? and know what he thinks and how he thinks about us and how he thinks about others. Mm. So I love the word persuasion because mm. it's proof. Mm. It's him giving us proof that he will be with us and take care of us. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it, I think we on a new or the word persuasion takes on a new significance when we realize that we really function our life and we live out of that which we persuaded of right and so it gets down to the whole aspect of, of what it is that we allow to populate our heart yeah because the thing is yeah. that we there is more of a fundamental shift that takes place in our life than just being born again and knowing that I'm new. Right. I think God is also calling us to a new way of living. When he says, be conformed, but be transformed, yeah. what he's really talking about is, is, has depth to it. He's talking about the fact that the way that we relate to our future and what our future is going to look like needs to be something that is defined not as a result of what I see, and what I experience in my world around me, but what needs to become more apparent to me and more persuasive to me is the truth and the reality and the world that's established mm-hmm. on the inside of me. So when the, we understand that it's the Holy Spirit's role to patheo me, patheo is persuade. Mm-hmm. It's, the Holy Spirit is going to do something in us, but we have yeah. to create that space in intimacy with him. When we create that space and intimacy to connect, what we're saying to him is, I'm opening the most sacred part to who I am and I'm allowing you to come in and give 
influence to that place that brings about a persuasion on the inside of me. Because mm-hmm. what I'm persuaded of mm-hmm. is how I'm going to live. What I'm persuaded of is mm-hmm. how I'm going to speak. What I'm persuaded of is going to keep me solid and established despite the fact that my world and my circumstances and COVID and anything else that's going on in my world, um, it's just not going to take me away from where I'm established. Yeah. So yeah. persuasion becomes fundamental. Absolutely. I think sometimes the reason that it talks about don't be double-minded right. is because we people who, who at times dabble between the two. Yeah. We're not fully established in relationship. Mm-hmm. And so part of what's happening in our world, whether it be something which is inherited as a result of our history mm-hmm. or perhaps even things that are still happening now, we're allowing that to come in yeah. and establish a persuasion on the inside of us, mm-hmm. which is against where he is. Mm-hmm. And any time we act off that persuasion, what ends up happening is we take ourselves out of the context of where he is. Mm-hmm. And it multiplies. Yes. I think that's the one thing that I, I like to focus on in teaching is that people understand that God, in the beginning, when God commissioned man to, to be fruitful mm. and multiply, that he put, if you will, a mandate of increase on us, mm. but that he wanted us to be very wise that we have a touch that causes things to increase, which is why if the enemy has our attention and causes something to grow inside of us, then that negative bent or negative persuasion won't just stay in a tiny little area. That's why what we think really is important. Because if in our interior we continually think a certain way, it will come out and express itself in our lives because there will be fruit from it. It'll be icky fruit, you know, sour fruit, but there's going to be fruit. And I think even getting back to the, the good ground aspect is often we'll think maybe with a church mindset. If I'm a good girl, I'm good ground. And that's why I was really excited to find it. it is the people whose hearts are open. Mm. Because if we realize and we're teachable, I can make mistakes, but that doesn't make me bad ground. Mm. If I make a mistake and Holy Spirit is so faithful to let us know, like, I mean, for me, sometimes it'll be like, an like I'm thinking, okay, why does this not feel cool? And then I realize, because I'll turn to God, what, what's the deal here? I didn't feel like I was doing anything wrong. But then he helps me to understand because there is, there's a discipline in my life of truth. And so I turn back to him. The ground wasn't bad just because I made a creepy thought. The ground is good because I'm willing to turn back to him. And then he pulls that weed because the potential for a weed is there. That's why negative persuasion is like weeds in a garden. And if you let the weeds keep growing there, they will tr- choke the fruit. And it'll drop to the ground and because weeds take water too. And so if they start taking the water that would go to the good fruit, to the the productive stuff, then that drops to the ground, the bugs eat it and all that. I mean, the gardening pictures are brilliant. When Jesus used natural things that you can look at every day, that was brilliant. And if we'll realize, I mean, we are a garden inside. That's why even you talking about your relationship with your children that's not just like you're not sitting and saying to your sons, I'm teaching you how to be a father. Now pay attention because you want to file this 
I mean, it's what we do as church people. And give me the scripture for healing. Give me the scriptures for money. Give me the, and your kids aren't thinking that way. Okay, dad, give me the scriptures for being a millionaire. Give me the scriptures for being a dad. Give me the scriptures for being a husband. They're just enjoying relationship with you, with their mother. They're more motivated by what is modeled for them right. as opposed to what Right, And so it's going into the ground of their lives. Right. And because you treat them that way, then what comes out of them or will come out of them as fathers and husbands, it's coming out of good ground, it's good fruit, and then it'll multiply into their families. Yes, Stuff like that turns me on because when you get, into the place where you allow God to teach you disciplines, not teach you legalism or religion, but teach you disciplines. Mm. You know, you love gardening. And so you have certain disciplines that you've realized, if I'm going to have the garden, I want to have around my home, then these disciplines need to be, be in place. Right, right. It's beautiful. It's um, Deuteronomy thirty nineteen. God says, I've set before you death and life you know, blessing and cursing, that whole picture. Therefore, choose life. Mm. And part of that passage is because whatever you choose, this realm is recording it. Right. You know, it's almost like a recording. If you put certain, if you put marigold seeds into the ground, the ground is going to record and there will come an image, a picture of orange or yellowish orange flowers because it takes the seed we put there. Mm. So I think even even that, that God, if we make a wrong choice, he'll catch us before that thing takes growth. That's why we have to lean into inclinations and, you know, like we will sense your kids when they go away from you, they're still being governed by your intimacy with them. Right. They're safe. If they do something wrong, they don't have to be afraid to come home to you mm. and say, oh, wow, dad, I blew it today. I think what's interesting about that analogy as well is the fact that I live in them even when I'm not there. Yes. Because yes. the kid my my because they've been raised I love that idea as to mm-hmm. what Sarah and I believe is appropriate as parents. Everywhere they go, they take that with them. Yeah. And so when they behave in a way that is outside of they know what we would feel is right or comfortable, there is a check that happens with on within them it's like, okay, this this isn't right. And they take corrective action because they feel that. They, they've, our relationship is so much a part of their life and it has given such definition to who they are that they can never separate it. Mm-hmm. And they really live from that place. Um, and I think to me that's part of what's so exciting about, I think particularly the move that, that God is doing right now in living faith is mm. that more than anything else, I think what he's inviting us into and what he's calling us to is i want to get to know you yeah i want you to get to know me right. i know you better than you know yourself right but the thing is how well that's do you good know me mm. not because you've read my word but can you put that aside and can you come and spend some time with me so that the two of us can enjoy a time of intimacy and love together it's called prayer mm-hmm. it's fabulous mm-hmm. We have very narrow definitions as to what prayer is, but it's much broader than oh, that. Yeah. It's moments of intimacy that come together between the two of us. But it becomes so important because the thing that I think has been so sorely lacking in the church for so long is that we have form without religion. Right. Uh, sorry, we have form, which is religion. We have without, form without yeah, relationship. Yeah. And really what's most important mm-hmm. to us is relationship. I look at my kids. Mm-hmm. They, everywhere they go, they take Sarah and I with them. Why? Because we've had relationship with them. Yeah. It's defined who they are. It's not because they read the rules of the household. Mm-hmm. 
It's because mm-hmm. this is who I am. I've been raised in that context. God wants us to be so intimate with him that every yeah. place I go, I'm going to encounter him. That's reality. That's what Christianity mm-hmm. is all about. It's exciting for me because I would like to read this out of two versions. I'm going to read mm. it out of the New King James. Yeah. We were talking about this. Before. Yeah, it was fun. The New King James version of Ephesians 3 verses 17 to 9. So good. It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Mm. Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. What it's saying is when you come to that place where the two of us are spending time together, without you even knowing it, the Holy Spirit is at work mm-hmm. pathoing you, persuading yeah. you, introducing you to who I am and what I'm all about. Christ is being manifest and established and built up on the mm-hmm. inside of me. Yeah. And that thing that's, that's established inside of me never leaves me. Everywhere yeah. I go, yeah. I'm living out of faith. Every time I speak, I'm speaking out of faith. Mm -hmm. Every time I'm seeing, I'm seeing out of faith because he's inextricably a part of defining this new reality, which is who I am. And it's like, I don't try and be a faith person. I am a faith person because relationship has done something on the inside of me. Christ dwells in our hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I want to be filled with all the fullness of God. Mm -hmm. If you're looking to be filled with the fullness of God, you're going to find it in a relationship and in a context called love. Mm -hmm. It's that space that is just defined by intimacy and the two of us coming together so that we're able to relate in a way that is meaningful and that results in conception. It Mm -hmm. results in things being seeded into my life that are bringing about a new reality, a new definition of who Mm -hmm. I am and what I'm all about. I love the way that that verse is actually brought out in the Passion. And this is what it says. It says, then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching his love is, how enduring and inclusive it is, endless love beyond measurement Mm. that transcends our understanding, This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. It's so fabulous because I think sometimes we put focus on get the word inside, get the word inside, commit commit the word of God, biblical truth to your mind, to your heart. And yet if we can understand just like for you with the kids, they're what you've put in of yourself inside them, your words, your actions, they don't live inside them as sentences. Right. You know, like so often we'll think, well, well, God, this verse just is just sitting inside me. It's a chapter and a verse, but we have to stop looking at it like that. Those are things God has communicated to us. You, I love the way you said that prayer is really intimate moments between he and I. I love that. when You said it from the platform a couple of Sundays ago. It might have even been this past Sunday. But when you said it, it struck me. It struck me. It was just a different sense I had of prayer. Even though I know that prayer is intimacy with God, the way that you said it, and the reason it hit me, I think, is because of the way it came out of you. So your words 
That doesn't rest in me now. It's just a statement about prayer. I felt something from you because it was revelation coming out of you. If we could understand that God has these revelations of he and I, you and him, our relationship with him, a way that he wants Kathy and him to live together. And so he doesn't speak scripture to me so that I'll remember, okay, Ephesians 3.17 says, no, there's spirit and life in that that I can take to the bank personally. And so your words with your kids, when they're trusting you, when they're even trusting that they're safe, they're okay, they're provided for, that if if I needed daddy, he'd be there this fast. Mm. Your words aren't living as sentences, Colton, I'll always be there for you. Mm. I'll never leave you, never forsake you. Your words have proven and persuaded him. And so it's taken substance. It's taken on life so that you literally are there with him. At every moment, you're as good as there for him. And I think that's one of the thing in church settings and, and in even, you know, for leaders in guiding and helping people and to let congregations, to let our families grow is to say, you know, we're not taking private interpretation with scriptures, but we are taking personal interpretation. How would God speak that verse to me? I love, because he caused me to find that good ground is people who have their hearts open. And the one thing I know about myself, my heart is open to God. My heart is open to leaders. Yes, we walk together as peers and friends, but also you're one of my leaders. And so my heart is open to your leadership, to your guidance. So now because of that encounter with God the other night, I know I'm good ground. I can literally say, okay, my father, God, says I'm good ground, which causes me to trust, okay, he's putting things and he's even having other people speak things into my life that are going to save me, take care of me, guide me, and even open up this realm out here for godliness, right. not religion, right. godliness, right. which is actually the spirit of life, the spirit of even adventure and pioneering. And I love to talk about faith this way. Faith is having the nerve to do something. I mean, when I have faith in God, I've got the nerve to trust an unseen being that he will never leave me, that after decades of having a discipline in the word and and a trust that he'll open my eyes to understand how I can walk in that word. Right. See, your kids, you are helping them to know how they can walk personally. You don't make all three of them behave alike. They each have a personal relationship with you. I have three kids too. Totally different. I mean, even as my kids, mine are totally grown now. I've got grandkids. But my kids growing up had even different rules in their lives, you know, like, you know, disciplines we expected or curfew. Marianne didn't need a curfew. I mean, she was home and in bed when she was driving her own self around before a 10-year-old needed to be in bed. And I didn't always have to check her on school assignments. But that wasn't to say she was better than the others. She was just different. And I think that's the beauty of even looking at this topic this morning. Good ground that if your heart's open, we're saying to you this morning, you're good ground. Let God seed it. Let what we're sharing with you seed intimacy in you today. Go after God like you never did before. Go after the Bible. Find private messages there. You know, I think something that's so interesting for me is life has a voice. Yeah. Life has Loud. a voice. And it becomes important. And it's, I like the analogy of 
my kids in the context of relationship with mm. me because I think it's something which is an analogy which is one that we can all relate to. Whether you have kids or not, at some point you've been a kid. Right. Everybody's been a kid somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. And a while ago for me. Everybody at some point in their life or numerous points through their life will sit and say, you know what? I knew to do that or not do that because mm-hmm. I could hear my parents' voice in my right. head. Right, right. I could hear mm-hmm. it. Their parents weren't there. Right. But the life that was built on the inside of yeah, them had a that's voice. that's so good. And it becomes important because I think sometimes we don't recognize the fact that God is speaking to us, although he's talking all the time. Yes. The advantage to when we get into a relationship with God is because he starts to redefine who we are and we grow up with him, mm. what ends up happening is the life that's on the inside of me, the living word inside of me has a voice yeah. and it's always speaking. And that's why there are times I could say something in a moment of anger or I could say something out of hurt and immediately I know you shouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. I've just heard life exercise a voice in that situation. It wasn't just anything audible. There wasn't mm-hmm. any writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. But I knew it inside of me. Why? Yeah. Because life has got a voice. Right. And I think what we're learning as Christians, and this is why I'm so excited about doing the teaching on hearing God's yeah. voice, is that God is talking all the time. And sometimes we have a tendency to dismiss so much of what mm-hmm. comes to us mm-hmm. because we simply think, it's me, it's my imagination, right. it's my conscience. We write it down to other things as opposed to recognizing that it may mm. well be the voice of life on the inside of yeah. me that's just expressing itself. Yeah. You know, we taught about the word being sharper than a double-edged sword, mm-hmm. dividing even between soul and spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's so interesting. But I think part of the reason for that is the challenge that we have Mm. in our walk with God is being able to define as to where the voice came from. Yeah. If I'm Mm -hmm. able to define the voice of life as opposed to my voice Mm -hmm. and I'm able to separate the two, suddenly I begin to walk into a whole new paradigm where I recognize, hold on, God's talking to me all the time. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know it before. Mm -hmm. But I'm starting because I'm able to define between the two. Yeah. Uh, what it means is it puts me in a place where I'm able to give ad- added weight and consideration mm-hmm. to the voice of life that's coming right. on the inside of me. Suddenly, I'm starting to cultivate that in my life. Mm-hmm. And when I hear the voice of life and I recognize it, suddenly I stop mm-hmm. and I give attention to it. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to say? Mm-hmm. Finish your sentence. Talk to me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I'm fertile ground, which is created and allowed the life to establish and grow on the mm-hmm. inside of me. And I'm learning all of a sudden that that life has got a voice and I'm starting to define mm-hmm. that voice from my voice. Yeah. And I'm learning what it is to yeah. walk in relationship in reality with and relationship mm-hmm. with the living word that's inside of me. Yeah. I think um, we use words sometimes in church settings, you know, like the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And um, years ago, I heard a teacher say that's simply the convincing. Right. You know, when we talk about persuasion, 
Persuasion doesn't always happen in a moment. Persuasion sometimes happens within many, a conversation that's longer than 30 seconds. Or maybe it's a, a conversation that's a continual conversation on a topic again and again. And I think we have to have disciplines inside where, or in our lives where we allow those kind of conversations right. to really talk to God. Because if we start to recognize what his convincing is, I had, I literally thought when you were, were just talking and you were talking about if I say something in anger, if I do this, if I do that. And so I had an, I had an encounter with my husband. So Neil said something and I totally didn't like what he had said. And I bit. I bit back. Any of you that know me really well, you know that I can bite. Um, I don't bite as much as I used to, but boy, I bit that morning. And um, so he went downstairs to get on the treadmill and um, I'm sitting there, honestly, not feeling bad at all for biting because I thought, you know, it was nonsense what he said. So I bit. And, but inside, I had this little sensing after I um, got quiet. I had this sensing when he comes back upstairs, apologize. And I, and then I had like a, a flow of thought. Um, your mom has always said, you know, spontaneous thought, key into it because often it's coming from God for you to help you. And so I had this picture and I knew exactly why I had bit. It wasn't really that Neil had said anything that wrong. I was testy because I'd had a couple of days that were difficult and I was raw edge and I bit. And so he came back. It was so simple because when that flow came, just apologize, it was so simple. Right. It took away all the anger. I didn't even remember what he had said. And he comes upstairs and I said, babe, I'm really sorry. I'm just, I'm a little testy from the past couple of days. And I mean, he forgave me. It wasn't even like it was a big deal to him. But those are the things in life that I really believe are God to help us preserve relationships. And the thing is, and I said this to Gav earlier, we have a 43-year marriage. That's a, uh, anybody who's been married at all, that's a long time. I mean, a lot of people watching us right now haven't even been alive that long. But things like that don't happen because me and Neil are really such great relational people. It's that there is, there is a discipline built in our lives where God is causing us to recognize what would divide us. And for me and for him and in a lot of my other relationships, Staying together and being united to me is more important sometimes than being right. Right. You know, like even if what he had said wasn't whatever, is it really ever nice to bite? I mean, that divides. Why can we not let some things just go? So I I think that even the power of persuasion and you talking about that interior voice, I think we've got to get to where we actually appreciate and view the conviction of the Holy Spirit as a good thing, not an icky, uncomfortable thing. Mm. To me now, when he chooses to correct me, that's proof. Mm. He's with me always. Mm. And that he cares not just about me, but me and my other relationships. Mm. That's Honestly, I believe that in the earth, that's the way God wants to um, to teach us and to bring unity. We've been talking about love, and love isn't always just fuzzy. Right. And with your kids, it's not always going to feel great to them. Right. It's not indulgent. It's safe. Right. And so even your words will bring convincing for them to move in right directions as they go out and move about as they're given more and more freedom. There are things that you, the conviction of your words will live in them. And I think if we can approach God that way, that 
I, I say this a lot, these kinds of things about not getting legalistic and not feeling bound by the Word of God, because I did grow up in a very strict household and also in a very strict denomination that actually made me feel naughty a lot of the time. And and I don't believe that's God's intention with biblical truth, to make us feel naughty. It's to make us live, to make us feel the sense of life, freedom, safety. You know, more and more, I feel very safe because I know if I make a mistake, if I step out of line, even with truth, Holy Spirit is right here with me to take me back to the root of my life. Mm. You're getting a little outside here, Kathy. This this isn't safe. Mm. Even in exploring truth, mm. I think we can get more and more free in exploring, okay, how free am I in biblical truth? Because I don't believe it, it puts us in boxes. Mm. I don't believe that at all. And that's what I love about this household too is that we encourage you, go to the scriptures and, and our doors are open. If you feel certain things, I don't know if I'm safe to go this way with this truth. Come and talk. Right. Not that we know everything, but I think even that, having our open hearts, being good ground, being willing and teachable to share our lives, share conversations like this, that's so important. And that's how we grow because you have some understandings from God that I don't yet have and vice versa. So when we share truth, even, you know, we'll pop in each other's office and just chat about truth. All of that to be unafraid of being convicted or convinced or persuaded in a different direction. Right. I'm not afraid to see something differently. Right. It's interesting you talk about differently. It's, I think we spoke about this a little while ago, but um, over the last few weeks, I've had a couple of people who came up to me, who have come up to me, and they said to me, um, enjoy preaching, but you're very different in the way that you preach. And it's a strange thing to hear because you take your takeaway and you sit and think, now what does that mean? <laughs> different is one of those good different or bad different. Yeah. It could go mm-hmm. either way. Yeah. And sometimes people are just trying to be very polite in the way that they deliver that. But honestly, in the, when I, when God gives me something, I'm actually quite intentional about not using Christian rhetoric and yeah. Christianese yeah. when I speak about it. I love that. And I do it intentionally because mm-hmm. I think, for one thing, people have got an established paradigm in there. Right. When you talk about revelation, everybody goes, oh, I know what that is. Yeah. And we default to it. Mm-hmm. You know, when we speak about conviction, people go, oh, I know what conviction is. And we default to it. And sometimes I think that there's so much value in perhaps approaching that same subject um, from a different point of view. So usually what I do is I will go and find out what does the original Greek say about that Mm. or the Hebrew if it's Mm -hmm. the Old Testament. And Mm -hmm. when I understand what the meaning is, what I'll do is I'll use that and instead of using traditional Christianese, I will use perhaps a slightly more verbose way of saying it, but I think it gives a slightly Mm -hmm. different perspective on it Mm -hmm. and it's intentional because it gets back to what Mm -hmm. you were saying Mm -hmm. when we view things differently we see things in a different light Mm -hmm. and i think often what we do as christians is we're so stuck in routine Mm -hmm. we think we know everything all the time so when people talk about love it's like okay i know love faith i know faith Mm -hmm. but there's so much richness and so much more to everything than perhaps we realize yeah and when somebody comes with a nuance or a perspective that's different, suddenly it opens the, mm-hmm. the door and the opportunity for the persuader to once again come in and establish something new inside mm-hmm. of me that mm-hmm. I hadn't seen before. You made a statement Sunday, and I, I loved it. It's been 
when th- when God catches my attention with something that he wants to say to me, and sometimes it's through another person and it was Sunday, it was you. And you said that we're built to metabolize the word of God. I love that because just our bodies and metabolizing food and metabolizing vitamins and that's incorporating it literally into our being that we might be healthier, more alive, more. Yes. And so when you said that that's the way God has built us to metabolize the truth, that's kind of why we want to do this chat this morning to to give different perspective, different pictures of good ground that you don't have to live in this little church box or this little Bible box that really biblical truth is all kinds of lives that have heard from God, that have received from God, that have been nurtured and loved by God and his truth and the spirit of life. And so I think that that too is where our household and the body of Christ in the earth is, that we're metabolizing almost like a faster metabolism, you know, taking in more. And and it's necessary as we're metabolizing more and more that we understand what actually we're supposed to metabolize Mm. for health because there's so much information. There's uh, even our household is now out on multiple social media platforms and there's a lot of other households and a lot of other stuff on these platforms. And so it's important to recognize that we're actually built for health to metabolize truth. When we metabolize truth, then our bodies recognize the creepy food mm. or input mm. see that and we become a product of what that's we it that's for. it so if i'm taking in i mean all i have to do because that that phrase i've been picturing all kinds of stuff since sunday with that one statement that you made that if if i'm feeling funky i can look at it and say what have i been eating what have i been taking in what have i been watching or listening to or here even better not looking at, you know, maybe I haven't been going to biblical truth. So I'm feeling kind of low luster, no energy. Right. Because I haven't metabolized that which actually I'm built to incorporate into my existence. For expectation, because, I mean, isn't that faith too, that that trusting God, we should have expectation for good. I think even, um, I know as a household, we've approached the whole pandemic thing and quarantine and we've we've said okay lord we're teachable how how are you going to keep us connected to our family how how are we going to present what you want us to present and i think even because we are people of the word it's taken us out of the box some mm. to be unafraid to do some things differently right but that should go for me honestly it's even gone outside the realm of ministry and stuff here, but out into my life, just even social media platforms. What I was afraid of that kind of stuff before, like didn't, so I mean, I went on Instagram and and did an account and it was funny because one night in one of our quarantine school of word and worship things, I had said for a couple of weeks, um, jokingly and said to some of the young people that I run around with that, Oh, I'm going to do this. And I hadn't done it, hadn't done it. So one night on camera, on a Wednesday night, Pastor JR says, so Pastor Kathy has said this numerous times. So when are you going to do it? And he looked at me on camera. And so here I am out on social media platforms and I'm being confronted with a statement I've made. But I say that because it actually excited me 
because it made me make a commitment. And so that week I did it. I was scared at first because I'm thinking, what have I got to put out there? Because I'm honestly, I'm not putting my whole life out there on Instagram. Why? Yeah. But at the same time, what will we explore? What will we say God is provoking things in us? Sometimes we think, well, is it going to benefit anybody else? What if it benefits us by getting us outside our own box? Because that whole good ground thing in the open heart, if there's anything you and your mother always focus on, it's the heart. That we have the privilege to be people of the heart. That we have the privilege to not just be legal, law-abiding citizens of the kingdom, but to let our hearts be engaged in enjoying this life, this exploration, even the exploration of what, what is um, appropriate for me. Mm. For years, there were things that I, I mean, until I got baptized in the spirit, met your parents and got baptized in the spirit, there were a lot of things that I didn't believe were appropriate for me as a Christian. Even some of it down to really fully understanding the word. And yet they've taught me well, that's God's will, and that's his intention toward you personally. So, of course, he wants you to understand it. I mean, we just, I was raised, it's just things you're not going to understand about God. Well, when you say have a relationship with somebody, but then you tell them there's just things you'll never understand about them, that doesn't really make you want to explore a relationship with them. I'll just wait till I get to heaven. <laughs> but then what we're looking at, the whole aspect of being good ground, to just be willing, to be willing to grow, to be willing to take in seed. It, it's way important, way important. Well, I think we've been on for a long time. We've had a lot to say. Um, we may carry on with this next week. I think we'll have a look and see. We'll chat about it through the week. And there you go. We will definitely be chatting. One of the things that I really want to leave you with today is this. God is looking for us to realize just how much he loves us. Yeah. And everything that he does for us is grounded and rooted mm. and is absolutely swamped in his love. Yeah. And he's looking for an opportunity to discover, for us to discover who he is in that yes. context. And when we get to know him in that context, things will start to get established in our lives. Right. It's not because I'm being intentional, but it's because I'm opening myself up to yeah. a relationship. And the result of that relationship is going mm. to establish something on the inside of me that gives me a new way of living. It's yeah. how I experience life of a supernatural mm -hmm. nature. Yeah. I think what's wonderful and so exciting as well is that realize that with the living word comes the living voice yeah listen for the living voice mm -hmm. understand that if you have the living word on the inside of you the living voice is active yeah and so begin actively this week to discern between mm. it was that from me or could that have been from the living word you'll be able to recognize it mm. my children know when they do something whether what came to them was their thought or whether that's mom and dad speaking even though mom and dad are not here mm. We learn to know the living voice, even if we're in a context yeah. where we're not sitting reading the Bible. God yeah. can speak to us everywhere. But mm. it becomes so exciting for us because mm. it opens up a whole new chapter where once we recognize it, we can start to cultivate a new dimension and a, and a depth of relationship with God that we've never known before. Kath, will you pray for us? Yes. Father God, we thank you so much for truth. We thank you for the living voice. 
even right there, Gav makes a statement, the living voice. I thank you that you will open up the understanding of anyone who listens to this chat, this talk, that they are hearing your living voice, that even in us presenting maybe in a different language from normal church talk, that your living voice is going after hearts so that people can open up and truly live life that you've intended for them. We just commit everything we shared this morning to you, Father God, to use to open people up and cause them to be able to interact with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We so appreciate it. Yeah, we love you. you. Have a fabulous and blessed week, and we will see you next week.